Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Championship Edition of the LightningInsider.com podcast. I am Eric Rowlandson, your host from LightningInsider.com. And how you feeling, Lightning fans? How you doing? Did you sleep last night? Or this morning? Or did you even go to bed? Are you still out? Did this pop into your app while you were still out celebrating a victory? Hopefully, social distancing along the way and taking care of yourself in that aspect. Um, but uh, that certainly wasn't going to slow down the celebration outside Amelie Arena after the game. Uh, boy, what a game it was. Tampa Bay is your 2020 COVID Cup champions. No, no, no. Stanley Cup champions. That's right. Finishing off the series against the Dallas Stars with a 2 nothing victory. And the celebration was something to behold. Uh, I, I've obviously we've never witnessed anything even close to something like this with the whole bubble concept, the 2014 tournament, um, two hub cities down to one for the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final that were finished off in Edmonton. Hopefully, hopefully, and I'm knocking on wood somewhere, we won't see anything like this again. But what a finish it was. What a tournament it was. That's what this was. This was a tournament. And to see the Lightning finish off this series, the manner in which they did, it's it's just earned. They earned what they won. They earned the right to lift that cup over their head. Not that any team that wins a cup doesn't earn it, but... You know, this road that this team has been on for the last five, six years has just been an incredible stretch of success, only to be known for the failures. You think of the trip to the 2015 Stanley Cup Final, up 3-2 in the 2016 Eastern Conference Finals, lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins, miss the playoffs in 2017 by one point, back to the conference finals in 2018, lose again up 3-2 in the conference finals, only to have Washington come back and win the next two and go on to win the Stanley Cup, just as Pittsburgh did in 2016. And then, of course, what happened last year with the sweep at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets after a record-setting regular season. You know, this was this was a team that was starting to go down the path of some of the greatest teams in pro sports North American history to have success without ever winning 
or to I, I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but they've just to have so much success without ever winning a title. You know, think of the Buffalo Bills and the success that they've had back in their early nineties, reaching the, where they make four straight Super Bowls and never won one of them. Um, you know, they were they were going along that path. They were getting that title. They were the new Washington Capitals. Is kind of what they were. You know, once Washington got over that hump and captured a championship, of course, Washington had had all of that regular season success and yet never got out of the second round until 2018. This is in the Alex Ovechkin era. You know, for them to uh, have all that regular season success they had and never get past the second round, and then they beat Tampa Bay in 2018, overcame the Pittsburgh Penguins in the second round. That had kind of been their demon in a lot of ways, and then they go on to beat the Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup Final. And then you have what happened to Tampa Bay last year. This is exactly how this team was starting to be viewed. And we all knew that they were coming towards the end of this window, so to speak, of this opportunity with the core players. You know, a lot of these players that have been with the team basically since 2014. You know, Stamkos, Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman here a little bit longer. Of course, Stamkos, the number one overall pick in 2008. Hedman, the number two overall pick in 2009. But other than that, all these other players have basically been with the franchise since 2014. That includes a Tyler Johnson and Alex Kalorn and Andre Pilat. You know, that group of players that had helped steer this team, this franchise, to success and yet never get to the top of the mountain, metaphorically speaking. So it was just, it was a joy to watch. And, you know, after what happened in game five on Saturday with a chance to close out the series and back-to-back nights, after having won game four in overtime, you're losing double overtime. There were questions, like those questions were starting to come up. Like, Like those questions were coming up in the conference finals as well when they lost game five to the Islanders in double overtime, right? I saw it on my timeline. Oh, so help me if they lose this series. Saw it again coming out of Saturday night's got, uh, game. Oh, boy, if they lose this series. like And this, and this is what happens with, with the fan base too, right? Like you don't want to taste that defeat again. You don't want to have to go through that pain again the heartache, the suffering as a sports fan. You don't want to have to feel that again. And you just, when when you're set up for doom, I guess you feel that the doom is always pending, no matter what happens. Um, you know, and look, the players felt this pain too. You know, John Cooper had a, a terrific line after the game and, and kind of summing most of that up where, um, you know, he was kind of talked about that a little bit and, and what it meant. Um, he says, uh, in a team sport, I truly believe that, f- that that failure, you have to feel it before you can have success. And then I guess that's um, that success you don't have to go through. Some don't have to go through that, but it makes 
it if you wear the bumps, you wear the bruises, you wear the heartache, you wear the feelings, you wear it on your sleeve, and it keeps you up at night. But it also drives you, and it almost becomes the fear of losing becomes greater than the joy of winning. So the the staff felt it, the players felt it, everybody felt it. And I guess the one thing that you truly have to admire and appreciate about this season and, and how we all got here, it would have been very easy when last year ended like it did for Julian Brisebois to say, that's it, doesn't work, we need to change it, fire the coach, clean house on the staff, blow up the roster, move players out, we got we to gotta redo this. That's the easy way out, especially a general manager who was on the job for one full year. That was his first full year, and remember, he didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, didn't really mess with the roster much at all. The only trade that he made really in season was acquiring Jan Ruda from Chicago for Slater Cuckoo. You know, he felt that the team last year deserved the opportunity to try and finish a job that they had started with the record-breaking season that they'd had. So it would have been easy as a general manager to sit back and say, that's it. This, we got we to gotta change it. We got to change things around. We got to move it around. And he didn't. And not only did he not fire the coach, they put together, uh, they, well, they did a lot of work in the offseason about how do you get better? What areas do we need to improve? Why did we lose this series to Columbus the way we did? What is holding us back? And they took, rather than taking an emotional approach, they took a rational approach and an analytical approach. And, and I don't mean analytical in the sense of the advanced numbers and the advanced stats. That's, I don't mean that type of analytics. It's, it's analyzing. It's understanding what you have and how it can be better. And they had some breaks go their way in doing this. You know, the first one started with the trade of J.T. Miller uh, at the draft last year in Vancouver where you trade a, an asset and you get back basically a draft pick in return. Um, that was kind of his first, uh, Julian Brisebois' first signature move was that one. And then you start to look at what he was able to accomplish and, and make this team better, make the roster look different. On July 1, he signs Curtis McElhaney, and how many eyebrows were raised when McElhaney was si- signed when the team still had Louis Domingue under contract? Think about that for a second. God, that seems like forever ago. You know, he signs Luke Shen. Everybody was like, oh, Luke Shen, he could barely make the Canucks last year. He bounced up and down between the Canucks and, you know, their minor league team, Utica. Right? So he, you know, how are they signing him? So those were basically the two big moves on July 1. And then Pat Maroon lands in their lap because Pat Maroon's having a hard time even coming off of his championship season with St. Louis the year before. Figures he has an opportunity on a a team-friendly contract 
to come in and be reunited with John Cooper, who coached him as a teenager in Texarkana and St. Louis. Kevin Shattenkirk gets bought out by the New York Rangers, and that opens up an opportunity for the Lightning to to add a right-handed shot defenseman, which they were sort of on the lookout for. So they were able to bring him in. And then you get to the trade deadline and the well-documented acquisitions of Barclay Goodrow and Blake Coleman and then Zach Bogosian lands in their lap because his contract is bought out by the Buffalo Sabres and they bring him in. And uh, a player who had never appeared in a playoff game now is going to have his name on the Stanley Cup. You know, so it's just, even early in the season, which was just... (laughs) a little over a year ago now, when the team was struggling out of the gate. They had a hard time dealing with the hangover, if you will. We talk about Stanley Cup hangover as well. This was a different type of hangover that the team was dealing with. And, you know, you even heard Pat Maroon uh, a couple of times during the season, and Kevin Shattenkirk a couple of times in the early part of the season, saying that they could still see in some ways, the players were hanging on to what happened last year. So it took a while for them to find their game. So how much pressure was there on the coaching staff and Julian Brisebois as the team, <coughs> by the time we got to Christmas, was a middle-of-the-road team, couldn't string together wins, struggling to find some traction in the season about halfway through like think of the pressure it, it could have been easy again to say okay look uh, we gave it half a year it's it's not going to work we need something to boost this team and he didn't do it he stuck with the plan and, and I think that's the the big thing in all of this is sticking with the plan the grand plan but tweaking it along the way and John Cooper has mentioned this uh, a few times throughout this this run to the playoffs here, run through the playoffs, that they didn't have to change things drastically. They just wanted to tweak a few things. And you've heard me talk about the puck management was a big thing. How they managed the games were a big thing. So along this path, along this journey, to see this team lift up the cup, 16 years after winning it the first time. By the way, they are the first team in the second wave of expansion era. So this is not the original six. This is not the WHA merger. This is the second wave of expansion that included teams like San Jose and Florida and Minnesota and Columbus and all these teams. They're the first one to win a second cup. You've had teams win, like the Anaheim Ducks, you know, winning a cup. But they're the first team to win two. They're the first team to get to three cup finals, I believe. But they are the first team that won two. So um, a, 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 a job well-earned, well-deserved. I uh, feel so very happy for a lot of those players. Uh, the coaching staff, everybody that's 
has their name all over this championship run, uh, it was special. It was special to see. And this is going to be something that we never, ever forget as the first team to uh, crown a champion in the COVID era. And they did it in a bubble in two cities where the players were basically quarantined off from the rest of the world. They were kept away from the rest of the world. Everything was inside these little areas that they had, whether that was in Toronto or whether that was in Edmonton. The scenery never changed. You go back to the same hotel room every day. You see the same people every day. You see the same uh, probably hotel employees and and all that was probably always the same. You know, you couldn't you couldn't take a walk on a different path. You only had certain areas you could go to. It's just kudos, kudos big time to the NHL and the NHLPA for putting this plan together and pulling it off almost perfectly. I mean, there weren't really any hiccups along the way. The biggest hiccup was probably at the beginning of the tournament where there was a storm that caused some flood damage in Edmonton at the hotel. Didn't really affect the rink, but that was about the only blip that we've had. You had, what, eight, nine weeks of COVID testing all came back zero. Zero percent positive cases. Um, So the league and the NHLPA deserves a ton of credit for pulling this off, for for making this happen um, in this crazy world that we're in right now. So the question now is, how did it happen? Well, this playoffs, they was like, you could not have really uh, written this script any better. That's, that's a key phrase there because you go all the way back to training camp and how many times did you hear uh, head coach, John Cooper, uh, GM general uh, general manager Julian Brisebois discuss how they wanted to write a new story. They knew they couldn't erase last year. It's it's in the history books forever. You can't erase it. So go write a new story. And that's why I'm saying you can you could not have scripted what took place in this playoffs much better. I mean, think about it. Under the real world and the real world scenario. There's almost no chance they play Columbus in the first round, right? Almost impossible the way things were setting up. They were eight points behind the Boston Bruins in the standings at the time of the pause. And they were, I don't even know how many points ahead of Toronto. They were pretty much locked into that number two spot. And they were also pretty much locked into facing Toronto. Outside chance it could have been Florida. But instead, because of the way this is set up, with the round robin, even with you know playing for a seed, even with Columbus having to knock off the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then you had to have Montreal knock off Pittsburgh to set this up, to face Columbus in the first round, I, I really think, I think they welcomed that challenge. I think they wanted that challenge. But again, you couldn't have scripted it because the script wouldn't have allowed it. So you have this dumb COVID crap that's out there. 
set it up. So you face the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round, and then you play the fourth longest game in NHL playoff history with a five overtime marathon. So this is this is your road to redemption. This is the 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 writing of the new story of this team, and it starts with the redemption tour facing the Columbus Blue Jackets, the team that knocked you out in the playoffs last year. And all those questions come up, and all oh, you see that uniform on the other side, different team, but you see the uniform on the other side, and you ha- you know it had to have brought back some painful memories. But I think they, they that's the challenge they needed. I think that's exactly what they needed to kind of get their attention. So then you move past Columbus in five games, and two of those were in overtime. Right, the five overtime game, and then the clincher was in overtime as well. So you win that series in five games, and then who's second? The Boston Bruins, arguably your biggest rival that's out there right now. David Pasternak and everybody's favorite rat, David um, Brad Marchand or Marchand. I'm not sure what he wants to be called this month. Patrice Bergeron, Zdeno Chara. Charlie Coyle, Tory Krug, Charlie McAvoy. You know, that's your biggest rival. And just think back to March the 7th game in Boston and, and how that meant. So, you know, that's your biggest rival. Well, that's who you face next, right? And you beat them in five games. And again, close because you lose game one. Game two is overtime. Uh, you get to game five, and it's a double overtime game. I mean, that series could have easily shifted another way, but you know the Lightning just kind of went about their business and did what they do. And then who comes along in the conference finals? Well, it's the coach that knocked you out in 2018. Barry Trotz, different team, same coach. Uh, so you push past that, and then you have Rick Bonus. Former associate coach, was a coach of this team just two years ago. He was with the team when they lost in 2018. And now he's standing in your way. Uh, Again, you could not have written this path to a championship and how they had to go about it um, in a more perfect way than the way it played out. Uh... So congratulations, Tampa Bay Lightning. Congratulations, Tampa Bay Lightning fans. I've seen the heartache. I've seen the pain. I've witnessed it. Uh, so I know what this means to you, the fan, as well. And a um, couple of things to kind of touch on with the actual game itself, now that I've talked about the path to get to the championship. How, how good were they in the first two periods? Like, how good were they? Dallas had eight shots on goal through two periods. They're fighting for their lives. They're they're trying to stay alive. And fatigue might have been a factor. You know, Dallas was pretty banged up. Already without Blake Como. Missing Rupe Hintz. Radic Foxa was out. Of course, we know Ben Bishop was out. Steven Johns, the defenseman, had been out for a while. You know, we heard that uh, I think Tyler Sagan, I think, played through a hip and a, and a groin issue throughout the most of the, the postseason. So, you know, he was dealing with that. So fatigue could have come into play here. But I also think that Tampa Bay knew what they had to do. And, you know, you establish the forecheck and you 
get in deep and you, you sacrifice in your own end and you know a little shaky there to start that first power play opportunity they had was uh, a little shaky Dallas actually had the best chance on Tampa Bay's power play at the end I think Mir Haskinen had an opportunity shorthanded uh, that was turned aside, one of the few shots that Dallas did have through the first couple of periods, but they really settled into their game. Uh, who else but Braden Point opens the scoring, his 14th goal of the postseason, which is a new franchise single-season playoff record, breaking the number of 13, which Tyler Johnson had held in 2015. Of course, Nikita Kucherov gets the primary assists, and the uh, he reaches um, glorified or rarefied air because that assist ends up being his 27th of the postseason. Uh, the only players in playoff history that have had more than 27 assists in a playoff season are Wayne Gretzky, who did it four times, and Mario Lemieux. That's it. And Nikita Kucherov, his 27th assist, of the playoffs, and then Victor Hedman had the primary assist. It's a, it was a marvel to watch this play because, uh, again, it's a power play, but Victor Hedman is a little low in the offensive zone. Puck gets cleared. He chases it down, prevents a Dallas player from getting to the puck, quickly circles back around and makes a quick up-ice pass to Nikita Kucherov, who. Um, leaves a puck for Braden Point to come in, get a shot off, stop by Anton Hudobin, rebound straight to Braden Point. It's one nothing in the first period. And to show you how crazy things can be sometimes, that power play was drawn by Alex Volkov. Alex Volkov, who had only played about a dozen games with the team during the season, has been with the team in the bubble the whole time, hadn't appeared in a game, had taken part in a few morning um, pregame skates, pregame warm-ups, but never played into a game. So it was a surprise to see him in the lineup, but he draws that power play because he his hustle negated an icing call that led to the trip. Andrew Cogliano, sorry, John Klingberg is the one who ended up tripping him up. But it's because of his hustle and negate, to negate the icing that set it all up. Little things. Little things. And then in the second period, Tampa Bay takes a 2-0 lead. Great play by Pat Maroon. He's coming off the bench on a line change, and he knocks a pass out of the air and creates a basically a three-on-two. He's able to quickly feed Cedric Paquette, and we don't talk much about Cedric Paquette. Fourth-line grinder, agitator, penalty killer, doesn't grab a lot of the headlines. The pass that Cedric Paquette made to Blake Coleman to set up the one-timer was a brilliant pass. It's a brilliant pass. You know, we don't talk much about some of those uh, capabilities that Cedric Pockhead has, but that was a great pass. He set it up, and it's 2 nothing, and it's pretty much game over. It's game over. Tampa Bay was not losing this game with a two-goal lead. 
wasn't going to happen. They were not going to lose a Stanley Cup and force a Game 7 by blowing a two-goal lead. Yeah, Dallas had 14 shots in the third period after having just eight combined in the first two. But was there any time where you felt that Dallas was, like, coming? Like, they were really pushing? Look, they were going to push. They were playing for their lives. Um, Their season was on the line. They still were that close to a Stanley Cup. But did you ever feel like they were just in complete control? Even in that period, the the shot attempts five on five were 20 to nine. Like, it just, it didn't feel that way because Tampa Bay was sacrificing. They were getting in the way. They were blocking shots, you know. So, uh, closed it out and very fitting, as uh, many people have pointed out, that Andre Vasilevsky, whose numbers are normally con Smythe worthy. Didn't really get talked about much in that conversation, but they were definitely con Smythe worthy in just about any other year. Pitches his first shutout of the place of the postseason. That was his first shutout. So he he played every single minute. Every single minute of this postseason. And that was his first shutout. And his numbers were still spectacular. That's kind of uh, incredible to think about that um, with all the hockey that he played and with numbers, you know, his goals against is uh, below 2.0, finishes at 1.9, the save percentage at 9.27. Again, normally numbers that are good enough to be in the conversation. Uh, 7-0 following a loss, that really stands out. That includes the game tonight. Um, And he makes 22 saves. This is, uh, this is a nice little stat dug up by the NHL. He is the second goalie all-time who recorded his first shutout of the playoffs in a Stanley Cup clinching game. The only other goalie to do that was Tom Barrasso in 1991. That's, again, not talking a lot about Andre Vasilevsky, but he earned... Um, he earned all these wins for the team. His his minutes played, by the way, uh, he played every single minute, as I mentioned, outside of 13 minutes and two seconds, which is the time that he was off the ice for extra attacker goals. He ended up playing a total of 1,708 minutes and 12 seconds, which is, um, I believe that's a record. I think I read that somewhere. I'm trying to go through here. Yeah, record for minutes played by a goaltender. He is also just the 10th different goaltender in the expansion era, which started in 67-68, to be the only player to play in goal for a team. Right, so he, he played every minute. He was the only goalie on the ice at any time. During the game, it's the first time that's happened since 2013. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. So some really, really wicked numbers from Andre Vasilevsky. Um, the trio of uh, 
talked about a little bit Kucherov point and Hedman, of course, they hook up on the game-winning goal. Um, Kucherov's 34 points, uh, obviously a franchise record. Uh, it's the second highest point total by any player in the last 26 years. Finished with 34 points in 25 games. Um, maybe that will quiet some of the crowd who think that Nikita Kucherov never shows up in the playoffs. Didn't score a lot of goals in this playoffs, only seven. But he was an assist machine. He was he was a man on a mission for a team on a mission. And then Victor Hedman wins the Con Smythe. Mentioned that earlier, but he finishes the postseason with 10 goals. It is the third most by a defenseman in an NHL single playoff season. Mentioned this before, but Paul Coffey holds the record at 12. Brian Leach is second at 11. And now Victor Hedman is third with 10. He set franchise records for goals, points, plus minus, even strength goals, game winning goals, and shots by a defenseman in a Lightning franchise um, playoff year. Um, and here's the other cool one too Braden Point finished with five goals. In the Stanley Cup Final, five goals and eight points. Kucherov also finished with eight points, a goal, and seven assists. Uh, they had three straight multi-point games uh, in the finals. Uh, they're the first set of teammates since 1994 to each record a point streak of five or more games in the Cup Final. Mark Messier and Alex Kovalev did it for the Rangers in uh, 1994. Messier scored in six of the seven games, and Kovalev had a five-game scoring streak. Uh, and points five goals in the final are tied for the most by any player in the last 30 years. And Kucherov and Point are the first set of Stanley Cup winning teammates to each record eight or more points in the final since 1991 when Mario Lemieux, Larry Murphy, and Joe Mullen did it for Pittsburgh against the North Stars. So some incredible numbers. Uh, coming out of that top line in particular, especially the trio there of Hedman, Point, and Kucherov. And then how cool was it to see Steven Stamkos skate out on the ice, cup over his head, just ecstatic beyond anything you could dream of. And you think about what he has done what he's meant to this franchise, and even though he wasn't really able to participate in these playoffs, what it meant for him. And that's why you go back to Game 3 and the impact that he had in those 2 minutes and 47 seconds of glorious hockey that he gave us, scoring a goal. It's too bad that didn't stand as the game winner. That would have made the story even better. Uh, Dallas scored a garbage goal in the third period. Or else that would have stood as a game-winning goal. But so cool, so awesome to see him award the Stanley Cup to uh, come out. He said he didn't dress until there were about two minutes left to go in the third period because as uh, superstitious as hockey players are, he did not want to jinx anything um, you know, with the team. So uh, very cool to kind of see it. Um, you know, Lightning fans, I'm happy for you. I'm really happy for you. Um, you. You deserve this. You earn this. You've been there with this team. 
for the past five plus years, felt the heartache along with them, felt the disappointment along with them. Uh, many of you have felt anger towards them. Um, and especially after what happened last year, uh, it's a shame that you did not get to witness this in person. It's a shame that you did not get to um, be a part of the journey, except for being the distant thunder. Uh, doesn't doesn't lessen it in any way. Just as it didn't lessen it for the players, it doesn't lessen it for the fans in any way, shape, or form. So revel in it. Enjoy it. Um, you're never going to see a championship like this again. Let's hope not. Um, and enjoy it. And and uh, I want to tell you about this too. Um, if you follow my Twitter feed, if not, it was a pretty stressful week for me last week. Uh, if anybody subscribes to my site, you notice I didn't have a ton of copy up there um, outside of, of game stuff. Uh, it's because I was working on a book. And the book was only going to happen if they won. And um, they did. But it's 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 going to be a 128-page commemorative book that's being published by Triumph Books. Um, there's a ton of stuff in there, a lot of game uh, game-related stuff, of course, but also uh, some original stuff that's in there. So uh, if you're interested in that book, if you just go to um, triumphbooks.com and you look for the Lightning Strikes book, you can actually pre-order it now. Um, it's expected to be in stores um, pretty quickly uh, if you want to find it in stores, but you can also pre-order it. And uh, if... if uh, if you want this commemorative book, it's fourteen ninety five. Uh, again, triumphbooks.com. Just search for Lightning Strikes. Uh, you'll find it. You can pre-order it, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it was a lot of work to put into it. It was a lot of work to get everything together, a lot of editing, a lot of original writing, uh, even writing the uh, Game 6 recap deep, deep, deep into the morning hours uh, to get it done. But uh, it is available uh, for pre-order now, so just go to triumphbooks.com for that. A um, couple other things to pass along as well. We want to get to the trivia question winner, uh, which I'll announce here in a couple of minutes. But, you know, we've had this uh, Smack Apparel partnership going on here. They have a brand new shirt out. I know we've been uh, pumping the um, Party Like It's 2004 shirt. They have a new one out, and I think you're going to like it because it's um, it's a new design that uh, they've put together. And I got to find the mock-up here as I'm talking. Um, it basically it says Stanley's getting a tan, and it, here it is. Um, they will be out. They'll be available. Uh, starting tomorrow, uh, the front of the shirt says, We Got the Cup. And the back of the shirt says, Stanley Gets Another Tan. Uh, if you go to smackapparel.com, you can order these shirts. And you can still use, I have a, a special promo code. If you use Lightning 2020, that's Lightning 2020, you'll get 20% off that shirt. Uh, so that's smackapparel.com. 
and the coupon code is lightning2020. Uh, that'll give you, uh, that's my exclusive code. That'll give you 20% off that shirt or any other lightning shirt that they have uh, in stock. So look for that again. That's smackapparel.com. It's on the front. It says, we got the cup. And on the back, it says, Stanley's, Stanley gets another tan. Uh, so look for that at smackapparel.com. All right, before we get to your questions, let's get to our trivia contest winner. Uh, the trivia question uh, winner gets a free T-shirt from Smack Apparel. Um, the trivia question was this. Who, uh, in 2004, when the Lightning last won the Stanley Cup, they scored a total of 13 goals in the postseason, but they were only scored by, scored by five different players. So who were those five different players? Well, the answers were Brad Richards, Ruslan Fedotenko, Dan Boyle, Freddie Modine, and of course, Marty St. Louis. So those were your five goal scorers during the 2004 Stanley Cup Final Series against the Calgary Flames. And the winner who gave me the correct answer is Mark Breslow. Mark Breslow is the winner of a free t-shirt courtesy of Smack Apparel. Uh, Mark, I will be in touch with you in the next day or so uh, to get your size preference and your mailing address as well. So congratulations, Mark. Um, We'll do more podcasts. This is not the last podcast uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, we've got at least one more t-shirt to give away. Uh, So we'll do one more sort of trivia contest or something for it. So if you haven't won a t-shirt yet, you still have an opportunity to do so. All right, let's get to the questions before we wrap this up because um, uh, quite a few of them that came in uh, from a couple from Chris. Um, do you think that Volkov got the draw tonight for sentimental reasons to get his name on the cup? I know you are a big proponent of that. Uh, and of course he has the, uh, sarcasm face that he has on it. Yeah. Uh, because I've been asked by this by a couple of people, you, you don't put a player in the lineup in the Stanley cup final because you want them to get their name on the cup. You put them in the lineup because they're giving you the best chance to win the game. And, uh, that's why Alex Volkov was in the lineup tonight. Uh, interesting decision. Uh, also from Chris, uh, did they extend the time of the third period? It seemed like the first six minutes took two hours. Yeah, that's uh, when you're trying to do that. The clock does seem to slow down quite a bit, doesn't it? Um, Pat wants to know why with 10 minutes the NBC Sportsnet, actually it was NBC, the game was on NBC, says that uh, you got to give Tampa skaters some credit. Uh, why do they hate the Lightning? I don't think they hate the Lightning. Um, I think that sometimes we hear that way, uh, but it did seem in a lot of ways that uh, for whatever reason, it did feel that way at times. I don't think it was necessarily, but I, I think it did feel that way. Uh, from Mike, perfect time for a shutout, great defense and work. Uh, by everyone, it was. It was a complete team effort tonight. There's no doubt. Uh, from Doug, how poetic is it that the first shot of the playoffs comes in the finals clinching game? Yeah, it felt fitting, didn't it, that uh, to get his first one? And, you know, the comments uh, when Andre Vasilevsky was asked that, even, even Alex Kalorn said, finally, finally, because, you know, they've been trying to get him one. 
Um, not that, I mean, the wins are the most important thing, but um, they certainly uh, felt good to get him. He was he deserved a shutout. He earned a shutout in this postseason. Like, you think back to 2004 with Nikolai Habibulin. I mean, he had, what, three shutouts in the four wins against the Islanders in the first round? Um, you know, and here Andre Vasilevsky, for all the great work that he did, um, you know, hadn't been rewarded with a shutout until tonight. But um, that ultimately, that doesn't matter. Uh, all that matters was the wins, and he got 16 of them, 18 if you want to count the round robin, to put this team um, into the record books as the 2020 Stanley Cup champion. Ryan wants to know if Eddie Ocek is uh, unhappy with the Bolts winning tonight. Um, I don't think he really <laughs> cared one way or the other. Uh, from Chris, uh, do you think the fact they got Columbus first round again helped this amazing team to get focused on this run started? As this run started, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that a little bit uh, earlier. Even, um, you know, John Cooper had mentioned it, uh, even after they beat Columbus the first time that, you know, they they were happy they got that matchup first. Like, it was a great way to exercise what had happened last year and kind of not move on from it, but to move move past the disappointment of last year uh, with ends up being the first step down the road to this journey. Uh, great question here from Joyce, who, along with uh, Tampa Sports Girl, um, is John Cooper the only coach to win at every level of hockey? Uh, they were talking about it and thought that I might know. I don't know that question for certain, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably the case because I read a little bit earlier, This he's only the eighth coach to have won a Calder Cup championship and a Stanley Cup. So that narrows the field right there to eight. And I don't know, I didn't see who those coaches were. I'm sure at some point I'll find it along the way. Um, but I'm going to guess that uh, no other, none of those other coaches also won uh, at the USHL level and the NHL level. Just a, that's a, a pure, not even an educated guess. It's a guess. Uh, so I'm going to go that he's probably the first one to have won at all, uh, all four of those levels. Um, Another one from Mike. Uh, great all-around defensive game by everyone. Everyone, great time for Vasilevsky's first shutout of the playoffs. I still think point should have been the Conn Smythe winner, though you can't complain with Hedman being the choice. Uh, it was a close vote, I can tell you that. Uh, I think uh, I think there. I think the voting pool was 18, 18 uh, participants in the voting pool. Uh, I think Victor Hedman got nine first-place votes, and Braden Point got eight. And I think they both got the same number of second-place votes. And I think Braden Point had one extra third-place vote compared to Victor Hedman. So it was a close vote. I don't think he could have gone wrong. You, if you could you could have picked Nikita Kucherov, he wouldn't have been wrong. You could have picked Andre Vasilevsky. I don't think he would have been wrong. Uh, but I think what Victor Hedman did with the amount of ice time that he had and putting up the offensive numbers that nobody's put up for a long time, uh, I think that was probably what put that over the edge. Um from J.E., uh, how good does it feel? When's the parade? Um, you know, look, I, I, it felt good for me that they won because the book gets published. <laughs> um, but it, it was it was nice to see 
Uh, it was very nice to see the team, you know, win that, win that, win the cup. They deserved it. They earned it. Uh, it was really, really cool to see uh, the parade. It's uh, apparently there's going to be a boat parade. <laughs> um, the boat parade is going to take place. There's two celebrations that are taking place. Uh, this is from the team. Uh, on Wednesday at 5 o'clock, there'll be a boat parade along the Riverwalk and the Hillsborough River. Uh, fans are encouraged to safely gather along the Riverwalk, exercising proper social distancing guidelines, including wearing face coverings. Uh, so again, that's 5 o'clock along the river, Riverwalk on Wednesday the 30th. And then there will also be a celebration at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, that will be at 7.30 on Wednesday. There is free parking at 5.30. The doors will open at 6.30. You do need a ticket to get in. The tickets are free. Uh, you can find them on Ticketmaster starting on Tuesday at 1 p.m. So hopefully you listen to this in the morning and we're able to get your tickets on Ticketmaster by 1 p.m. Uh, it says socially distant pod seating will apply with groups available for one to six people. Uh, the tickets will only be delivered via your mobile device. So again, the boat parade along the Hillsborough River and the River Walk will be at 5 p.m. on Wednesday, and then the celebration at Raymond James Stadium will be at 7:30. So uh, hopefully that answered the proper questions for everyone. Uh, from Beezer. Uh, do you think the bubble affected the difficulty of winning the cup with mental health being more of an issue with the lack of support from family bubble life versus travel being eliminated? Yeah, there's no doubt that the mental stress, they're already in a stressful environment. And, and what are some of the best ways that if you're in that situation, if you're a pro athlete in those situations and, and you're in the middle of a championship run, you know, sometimes on days off, you can kind of step away from the game for a short period of time, right? Like you can go be with your family. You can go have a dinner with your family. Um, you can celebrate playoff round victories with your family, right? I mean, think about the number of days they had off between, you know, being the Bruins and facing the Islanders. It was seven to eight days between games. And so it wasn't the same. You know, instead, you're there with your teammates and you have limited options to occupy your mind. So, yeah, I think that that uh, I think that as many people have said, if if anybody wants to put an asterisk on this championship, it's because it's probably the hardest to ever win. Yeah, there's no travel involved, but there's different types of stresses that are involved. You have to manufacture your own energy, all of that. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, it definitely affected everything. Uh, Eric Romine wants to know, did this feel like more of a victory over NBC or the Dallas Stars? Uh, I'm going to go with the Dallas Stars. I know where you're coming from, Eric, but I'm going to go with the Dallas Stars. Uh, from Drew, simply ask, is this real? Yes, Drew, this is real. This happened. So in the crap of 2020, you have a Stanley Cup championship coming to Tampa. It is real. Uh, from Eric Bronstein, do you think this cup is more satisfying than 2004? I do. Um, look, you never forget your first. But this one, because of the journey that this team took, because of the situation that they're in, 
like for how many months did we not even we weren't even sure if there was even going to be a Stanley Cup champion awarded this year. That was that took a while. So I I think it is more satisfying sometimes when you have the the taste of disappointment and failure that this team had makes winning actually that much sweeter. So yeah, I think this one was more satisfying. They're both great. Um, you know, obviously no links between the two, but I think this one is more satisfying from a from a fan standpoint because of all the anguish that you've had to deal with. Um, there's a couple of questions in here that involve next season. Let's save those questions for the off-season one because that's going to come at us quick because the draft is in a week and free agency starts a week from Friday. So we're let's save some of those off-season questions. They're valid questions, uh, obviously, but let's save some of those until uh, the next podcast, which will be kind of looking ahead to the draft and the off-season. Uh, Edward wants to know how many goals scored by Hedman or Stamkos have been assisted on by the other. Ooh, I wish I had that question. I wish I had that answer readily available. Uh, I, I don't. Um, so let's, uh, maybe I'll have to revisit that one, uh, Edward, and kind of get an answer for you, but I'm sure it's a lot. Um, there's another one here if that's, uh, about the off season um, from Mark uh, again. Hello all the way over in Barcelona, Mark. Uh, I'd like to thank you in this moment full of joy. Absolutely loved your work with the podcast. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, also a fun or not fun fact, the lightning have only won the Stanley cup when the following season is a big question mark. Are they cursed? Anyway, how are you feeling? Uh, as I record this, it's very late in the night, uh, a little tired. I don't know if you can hear my voice getting tired a little bit, but um, yeah, no, look, it's it's great. It's great to see this. Uh, again, I'm happy for the players, and I'm happy for you guys, the fans, uh, who have followed this team along for so many years. Uh, and yeah, and about the question mark, I remember when they won in 2004, that lockout was looming, and it happened, and the entire season was wiped out. Uh, so they were the longest reigning Stanley Cup champions in history, and now we head into this offseason without knowing when next season will be. We know when the offseason begins, and it's going to come fast. We just don't know when next season's going to start or what it's going to look like. So, um, But hey, a championship is a championship. From Thomas, what should I do the next nights without hockey? Um, spend some time with family. Do a Zoom call with friends. Find something on Netflix. Uh, I tell you one thing I've been doing, uh, sitting up late night doing all these, uh, all this writing. I, I've been on my Disney Plus just uh, re-going, uh, re-watching all the Marvel movies. I've, I've watched every single one of them during this run with the exception of a couple. I have not watched either the Guardians or the Galaxy movies. And I have not watched Doctor Strange again. And I have not watched uh, Endgame. But I've watched every other one, all the Iron Mans, all the Thors, all the Captain Americas, uh, all the Avengers, with the exception of Endgame, Black Panther. I've watched them all. Uh, so that's something you could do. Uh, from Mike, the cup would not have happened without a great owner, GM, and coaches. 
and staff of equipment, uh, equipment managers and trainers. Absolutely, the support staff that the players, they will tell you that they're the most valuable play, uh, people in the organization, especially the equipment guys and the medical trainers. It's a uh, very underrated part of, of uh, what a team goes through. Uh, from David, uh, this seems like a pretty dominant playoff performance. No series ever seemed in doubt. Only lost six games overall. Yep, and never got pushed to a seventh game. Uh, led every single series three to one at one point. Uh, closed two of them out in five. Closed the other two out in six. Again, it just felt like they were uh, on a mission, right? It just kind of felt that way. Uh, Pat wants to know when do you think next season starts? Um, well, when when this return to play format was announced, it was uh, they were planning on like a mid-November. I think the date was November 17th for training camps with a target of December 1st to start. I think you can throw that out the window. It was never announced by the league. That was just kind of what had been talked about. Um, But with so much uncertainty right now, uh, with so much, look, the league needs fans in the stands. And, you know, they'll, they'll monitor how the NFL does. They'll monitor... Um, you know, some of the college football games. Now, those are out, outdoor sports, so they're a little different. Um, but they'll monitor that, and, and they'll see. I, I think at this point, I don't think you can expect that the next season will start any sooner than January 1st. Uh, there's talk about even pushing it back later. Uh, we still got a lot of uncertainty in the world right now, right? So, um so they don't have a date. Uh, I don't know when we'll get a date. It's just something that they're going to have to kind of look at uh, and monitor as we go through. Um, again, more off-season questions from Lightning FCB. Uh, who was your MVP for the finals? Fun fact: Point is now second all-time for five-on-five points in NHL playoffs history in a single postseason, surpassing Lemieux and only behind Gretzky. Uh, what do you think about the cup clinching game being the only shutout we got? Um, my playoff and well, I, okay. So you're asking the MVP to finals. I assume that means it's different from Con Smythe. My Con Smythe was definitely, I was very solidly in Victor Hedman's corner uh, for what he meant. Um, but if we're talking just the finals MVP, um, it's hard not to say Braden point. And he had five goals in the in the finals. And, and you know, think back to his goal in game um, game four, right? They're down 2 nothing, and he scores a goal one less than a minute after Dallas takes a 2 nothing lead. I mean, those are, like, important goals. Obviously, he gets the game-winning goal tonight. Um, I, would, I, would, I would say it's Braden Point for the finals. Um... This is sort of next season, but I'll I'll answer it anyway because it relates to tonight. Because uh, Mike says uh, Alex Volkov was very good; should be an important contributor for twenty twenty one. I think you can pencil him into the lineup. Uh, I wouldn't put him down in permanent ink, but I would pencil him in for next year because they believe he is an NHL player. That's why you saw him come up and get some time this year. Uh, and then again, part of the look ahead of the off season show. We'll deal with some of that, but with some of the changes we think are coming, uh, they're going to need some forwards, and I think he's a prime candidate 
to kind of fit in there. Uh, he also, Mike also wants to know what were the point totals for the Con Smythe. I would think that point had to be close. I did mention that, that it was, uh, you know, Hedman got one extra first place voint, uh, vote. Uh, that kind of put him over the edge. Uh, Evgeny says, uh, I don't believe it. Is this real life? Never been happier. Bought so much merchandise. I have to work overtime all week to make up for it, but it's worth it. The Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions. I just want to know your overall assessment and how the Bolts closed it out. Uh, closed it out wonderfully. You know, the, a lot of people were skeptical after what happened, uh, losing a double overtime game on Saturday uh, and how they would come out tonight. I think they answered that question emphatically. Um, you know, they knew. They knew what was in front of them, and that was um, just awesome to see. Uh, from Ryan, uh, how you feeling tonight? You have been keeping me sane since this whole thing had started. I need to know your thoughts on this. You were a great insider, and I love your work. Thank you very, very much, Ryan. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. Um, again, it's, uh, it's incredible to watch. It's, the only thing I missed was not being there to see it. Right. Like, yeah, I remember in 2004, you know, being up in my spot there in the press box and and watching the whole celebration uh, take place. And um, that's the only thing that uh, I I wish I could have had was the opportunity to see it in person, along with 20,000 other people. Uh, It would have been great, but um, it is what it is. And this is where we're at. From Tony. Finally, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. What a group we have. Understandably, other teams will be strengthening for next season. What do you think we'll do in the offseason? Potentially lose some of the players while maintaining the strong core group yet. We'll get to that one in the next um, podcast when we look ahead to the postseason uh, or the offseason. Another one from Mike, the motivational speaker brought in by the Lightning was a great move. Uh, Same person, University of Virginia brought in after they were upset by number 16 seed. Uh, I did not know that fact, um, but it was interesting that John Cooper, first of all, if you saw the quick interview he did with Scott Van Pelt on ESPN, uh, the clip is out there, but he did have that University of Virginia hat, uh, and he did have it on the table when he did a Zoom media conference call um, and basically said, you know, they, not that they use it as motivation, but you know, they basically saw that, of course, Virginia, the only number one seed in the NCAA basketball tournament to be knocked out in the first round by a 16 seed, and then came back the next year and won the tournament. So they kind of viewed themselves uh, with that a little bit. So uh, very interesting that they use that as a little bit of um, motivation. Um, Brown Crow wants to know any postseason injury news. Look, we didn't have a chance to ask those questions tonight, right? Like... I don't know if you saw any of the videos, you know, the guys were, um, uh, let's say they were a few champagnes deep by the time they got to us. So, uh, you know, injury questions were not going to come up. I don't know what, if any, we'll get out of that. Maybe in a few days when, uh, maybe when Julian Brisebois, uh, meets with us or something, uh, but don't have that information right now. Um, from JN6500. How does it feel, my man? Uh, it, uh, it's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling to see that. Uh, from Mike again, Vasilevsky had the best save, non-save with a skate. 
when Dallas was called for penalty, would go up there with his behind-the-back save against the, the Kings. Yeah, that was an Anze Kopitar shot that you continue to see in the highlight reel. Yeah, that was a great uh, save that didn't matter because uh, Corey Perry was getting called for a, a penalty for interference. But uh, that's Vazzy doing Vazzy things. Um, the Lightning's 86% penalty kill was the best of any team that went on to at least the second round. Well, uh, they were certainly fueled. Uh, it, it looked shaky to begin with, right? I mean, think back to Columbus and think back to the Boston series, but they certainly turned it around against the Islanders, and it was fantastic in this series. What I think Dallas went one for nineteen. I think they ended up going. They were zero for three again tonight. Uh, so well, you know, killing off eighteen for nineteen will certainly help that. Um, ATF the over under. 0.5 more Stanley Cups with this core group. Uh, let's revisit that and we find out which members are still here um, when we get there. So uh, I've only just managed to get the radio show to actually play a book. Details, please. Uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, well, I, yeah, I mentioned the book. Um, you know, triumphbooks.com is where you can pre order it. Um, it's called Lightning Strikes. Uh, so I'll have some more information uh, as we start to um, roll that out here in the coming days uh, as they finalize a, uh, a cover photo and everything like that. So, uh, Brandon, thank you for the full season of podcast. You're welcome, Brandon. Uh, now that it's over, are you heading to Disney? Just kidding. Where are you going to decompress and relax? We are all Stanley Cup winners. That's right. Like, this is a community thing, right? Like, it's it's one of the great things about hockey. It's... It's so community based. Like it's you guys are such a passionate fan base, and you deserve this. And uh, I totally agree with that assessment. As far as what I'm gonna do, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I you know I I don't know. Um, definitely some time. Um, you know that I'm gonna get to uh, you know catch up on some of my Netflix, catch up on some of my um, Disney Plus, and there's a couple things in HBO Max I want to watch. Uh, I'm definitely gonna get caught up on some of that. Um, besides that, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, some way. Uh, look, we already have a date reservation to go over Disney here in a couple of weeks because the food and wine festival is still going on. So I think that'll help. Uh, Derek wants to know, what do you think the thought process was to play Volkov over Hagee or Stevens? Um, I, I think they must've saw something in practice, a hunger, uh, or something in him, um, you know, because it's funny. We talked about the face-offs and some of the struggles that the team had had, especially in game four. Uh, got a little bit better in game five, so then he thought, okay, well, Mitchell Stevens can win face-offs. Well, so what happened tonight? Well, they were 53% on face-offs. Uh, Braden Point in particular was 12 for 16 in the face-off dot. A uh, big chunk of that, but, uh, you know, Anthony Sorelli was 6 for 10, so he's at 60%. Um, you know, so I, I just think it was, it just came down to, they must have felt or seen something in Volkov, uh, a gut feeling, if you will. And it certainly paid off because, you know, his hustle play drew that first power play, uh, from Steven. No questions here. Just a proud lightning fan. This team absolutely deserved the cup and the fans should be so proud of what this team has accomplished over the past five years. Uh, thanks for your podcast and it definitely helped soothe the pain after the losses. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you passing along some kind words. Um, 
this is a little about next season. I'm going to handle this one because it's it's not also from Robbie. Uh, how do you think the Stanley Cup will change the dynamic of contract negotiations? Is it a chip on the shoulder of management or the players? Uh, also, Bobby Ryan was bought out, and I can't help but think he could be another Shattenkirk surprise if Tampa takes interest. Um, it's hard for me to see them looking at a player and bringing in like a, you're looking at a situation to where, uh, they need to cut, they need to move out players. Um, that's why, you know, you think about the, the deals for Coleman and Bogosia or Coleman and Goodrow, they still have a year left on their contract. So they're still here for another year. Um, you're probably going to see an, uh, increased role from Carter Verhage. We just talked about Alex Volkov. Um, it's hard to see them adding too much especially since they're going to need a right-handed shot defenseman, most likely. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I know that's next year um, looking ahead, but um, as far as how winning the Stanley Cup changes contract negotiations, uh, it can, it can, uh, depending on the player, depending on the agent, uh, you know, what, what kind of they want to leverage that. Um, but there's not a lot of UFAs that Tampa's looking to bring back. Um, you know, we know about Sorelli and Sergachev in particular and uh, Eric Chernak as well, you know, what they might do. But, I, you know, I don't know in this in this age and the uncertainty financially of what's going on, I'm not 100% sure um, if it's going to change too much because there's just a lot of uncertainty out there in the financial world with COVID. And until we get fans back in the stands, I don't know how much it's going to um, – uh, change it's gonna it's gonna negatively affect I think negotiations, but we will have to see for sure. All right, well that is gonna wrap up this championship edition of the Lightning Insider podcast. Thank you so much for all the support that you had given this. We launched this starting with game one of this playoffs. Uh, we've given you post game recaps. Uh, we'll get onto a, a different type of schedule um, moving forward. Um, I want to thank uh, Smack Apparel for uh, providing the free t-shirts and the coupon code. Don't forget they have those new shirts, those Stanley's getting another tan shirts that they have at smackapparel.com. If you use my coupon code, lightning2020, you'll get 20% off of any Lightning merchandise that they have, any Tampa Bay hockey merchandise that they have. Uh, So check that out. Um, thanks for the questions. Keep them coming. We'll do this again. We'll get more, uh, we'll get some heads up on some of the questions. I'll handle some of the off season ones. Um, in the meantime, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Your Tampa Bay lightning or Stanley cup champions. It's glorious. Uh, the craziest season ever. Steven Stamkos with the biggest two minutes and 47 seconds ever recorded in Stanley cup final history. Uh, it's a wonderful sight to see. Soak it in, enjoy it, you earned it, you deserved it. Um, We'll do this again here in uh, the next coming days. Uh, So until then, thanks for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.